This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 113, Cultivating Space, part two. Hola, I'm Becky Higgins. I am, wow. <laughs> hola. <laughs> I, I, I say hola a lot in my personal life, like a lot, a lot. Yes, I don't know you why. do actually. Um, but anyway, I'm Becky Higgins. Becky Proudfit is with me. We are, you know, you guys know us because I'm sure, I am sure if you are listening to this episode that you listened to yesterday's episode. I am quite certain that you cannot listen to 113 without 112, yes. right? If you are, maybe just pause. Pause, go, go back. back, go back, go back. You guys, it's an emergency. Okay, let me just do a quick recap of what we talked about in 112, and we're going to go right into this episode, okay? The last episode, we talked about two main considerations when it comes to cultivating space. Number one, examining the way that we fill space in our life. Hello, default tendencies. Hello. We love that term. And the second thing is how cultivating space breeds opportunity. Oh, so much opportunity. Oh, it's waiting. It is waiting. Okay. So you guys just like wrap waiting your for the green light. minds and hearts around this. Okay. In this episode, we're going to talk about how being curious about your feelings about space. Like what am I even talking about? We'll go there. Mm-hmm. And also what cultivating space means for you right now. And my favorite part is that we're not going to tell you what that means. Because you already know. You already know. We're just going to help you dig it up. We're going to just help extract those things already inside of you, and you're going to figure it out for yourself. Isn't that empowering? I love it. It's very exciting. Okay, let's go. Let's dive in. Let's do this. Let's do this. Consider being curious about your feelings about space. Maybe you should just articulate what the heck you mean. Okay, let me just... Let me just start with this. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) Recently, I was feeling off. Do you ever feel off? All the time. Right. Like it happens. You feel off. Not bad. Not good. Nothing's wrong, but you're like, yes, that's what it is. You're like, I just am off. Sometimes there's a big off. Like I am not right. Like something is not right. Right. That's different. We're talking about like, maybe I'm tired. I am just just, hmm. off right now. And I'll use that language with you or with David. I'll just say, I am just off right now. And something pivoted in my life in the last couple of weeks where I did something in my language to myself that I've never done before. I like that. And I heard the words. They were my words, I guess. Or maybe God was putting those words in my head. And they went went a little something like this. What if you're not off at all? What if you're actually on to something? Mm. And I was like, oh, dang. That's when I know the words aren't actually mine. <laughs> Don't you love that like, when you try to articulate things and it's so clearly not coming from you? That totally you're like, not. Man, from me. that was great. I'm really glad I said that because I just learned a whole bunch. <laughs> no, definitely not from me. I, you know, D- Becky and I believe in God, and we believe that he, sure he has all the stuff he wants to give us. He wants to give us inf- information and inspiration, and he wants to give us insight. And this was one of those moments that I was like, Oh, what if I am? on to something by feeling a little off. And so instead, when I had that like moment, instead of feeling discouraged or frustrated or unmotivated or lazy for that matter, Mm because hello, sometimes it can be like really quickly turning into something like that in my head. What if instead we just feel curious when we feel off? So let me give you 
a little experience. The whole explaining thing, we're going to get there. But let me just share a, okay. a recent story. I did share this on Instagram, but let me just tell it here. The other day, I'm taking crew to school, and um, I forgot my phone, right? And because that happens once in a blue moon, not for me. I just don't. I just never leave my phone behind. I it don't. It's for me. It's an extremity for me. I know. And we're different that way. But for me, it's an extremity. Like mm-hmm. I have other kids at home. I'm taking crew to school. Like I just, it's an automatic thing as a mom to make sure I'm accessible to my family if I'm stepping away. Right. So we, I realized it. And this is circling back to what we're talking about. I'm curious about the feelings because all of a sudden I realized without it being dramatic, I was okay. like, oh, should I go back and get it? Oh, shoot. I forgot my phone. And then I was realizing like, oh, I am really uncomfortable. I am really uncomfortable that I don't have my <laughs> phone with me. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this experience. It just doesn't happen very often to me because I don't leave my phone behind, which hey, is a little bit of a problem. But let's carry on. Mm-hmm. So... I'm uncomfortable. I notice it. It's nothing dramatic. And I'm like, oh, dude, I forgot my phone. Okay, well, I was going to have you review that email that we need to go through together from the school. And I don't have my phone, so we're not going to do that. And it's fine because I don't know what the email said. That's why we were going to review it together. The point of the story is instead of freaking out, I just took time to notice. And that's what made me curious. Interesting, Becky. Interesting. You forgot your phone. You're literally going to be back home in 10 minutes and you were really uncomfortable. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, what I want to tell you about what happened in that space, we are talking about cultivating space, is that because the phone wasn't there and because that then meant that crew and I could not get on in my inbox and have him read the email and we were going to talk through this logistical thing together. Now I had the space. And now he had the space and he started expressing how frustrated he was that he slept in. And because Mm. he was frustrated that he slept in, he just knew the day was going to go awful. Mm. And so you know what that meant for me? Well, buddy, just because you slept in doesn't mean that your day is going to be awful. Let's talk about that a little bit. And so it opened up this dialogue that we would not have had otherwise, but we had the space to do it. And that dialogue led him to be so much more confident in realizing that while he cannot control the fact that he overslept a little bit, he absolutely did not have to have a terrible day just because he overslept. Right. It was awesome. It was such a good, meaningful conversation. But the real point of that point and bringing that up is how interesting it was that I was so uncomfortable. Do you ever have moments where you're like, hey, I've got this opportunity for space right here, but why am I like, eh? I'm a little on Well, edge. and here's the thing. You could have turned around, gotten your phone. I almost Felt did. comfortable. Yep. Maybe even arguably like gotten the email, whatever it said, mm-hmm. and had like that situation worked out. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that's what we do. But what I'm going to encourage in this section is our bodies are kind of like this awesome barometer, right? Yes, and, they totally are. And I wrote about this on this Instagram series we did is our body gives us so much information mm-hmm. if we will listen. Mm-hmm. So it's not an answer. It literally is just data. Right. So when you're feeling uncomfortable, I love that you stopped and you named it and you're like, I am really feeling uncomfortable without my phone. Yeah. It felt good, wow. by the way. It felt really good to stop, yeah. acknowledge it, name it, and be... Because huh. if you stop, acknowledge it, and name it, it becomes data, and it doesn't become like an uncontrollable thing that you can't get through. You know what I mean? And this really applies to all emotion. When you stop it, and you name it, and you take that moment for consideration, and maybe just the universal question, if you're just starting out, is like, 
what is my body trying to get me to notice right now? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to tell me? Because we can all relate to when you go so far in the other direction, you'll get sick. We've all probably experienced this where you get sick and your body will shut you down because you have to be shut down, right? Your body has so many sensations, discomfort, joy, annoyance, frustration, all these amazing things. And really the question is, okay, I am feeling frustration. Hmm. What are you trying to teach me? What am I, what do I need to know here? That's it. Okay. So now step back a little bit. Let me turn that question on you because we're talking about paying attention to the feelings that you have when you think about space or you have that moment of accidental space or so what are we talking about? What are we, what does that even mean to think about your feelings around space or what's your experience with that? So my experiences, and I don't talk about this a lot. Okay. I'm going to probably by the time this airs, I will have talked about it, but I actually coach and I have learned through coaching a lot of people that it is very clear when you are onto something right? Mm-hmm. Like when you have hit something that is very important for you to understand and your body's going to tell you that, um, some people cry, like we'll be talking and then we may talk about something. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, there it is. Like there's the thing. Cause your body's showing you through tears, um, that that's very important for you to understand. My body is not a tear one. I just feel deeply uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the more uncomfortable I am, the more I know I'm on the right track. Mm, is that when interesting? I'm, it's, it's this crazy thing. And, and remember, that's personal for you. That is personal yes. for me. And I, and I bring that up because tears is probably what I would say most people that's me. have that reaction. Totally. For me, it's just not. Right. And for the longest time, I was like, what is wrong with me that I don't like Cold feel this? hearted right? snake. I, and maybe a little I am. <laughs> but for me, it's that deep, deep discomfort. Mm. And so when I frame my discomfort in that way, or when you can frame your tears in that way, wow, this mm-hmm. must be really important for me to understand. Yes. It takes so much of the scariness of that feeling. I love that. Away. Yes. And again, yeah. your body will tell you, mm-hmm. you will know, but you have to consider and you have to dig. And sometimes it takes going to a coach or, or another person to like ask you the right questions to help you uncover your blind spots a little bit. I know for me in my life, for you in your life, that that kind of coaching has been really Mm-hmm. super crucial for me to understand Very things valuable. I was blind to. Mm-hmm. Well, and because that's what we're talking about is that you can help yourself uncover some of these things if sure. you give yourself the space. Mm-hmm. And the whole theme of yesterday's episode and this one is that we are talking about how to cultivate space and what that looks like. And so this little section of being curious about your feelings around it, we're talking a lot about discomfort, but there are, there are other feelings. Like for some mm-hmm. people, for example, some people can think about the idea of cultivating space and literally be so overjoyed by the idea of it that they're like, I'm doing that. I'm doing that now. Yes. I'm doing it today. I know how to do it. I'm doing it. It's going to bless my life. And I know it. And then it mm-hmm. does and it will. Right. And then there's other people. And I found this out through the online conversation we had on Instagram recently about cultivating space is that some people express to me that they are very legitimately afraid of cultivating the space because in their experience, when they go for quiet or they go for not leaning into their, um, scrolling habit mm-hmm. or their, their default, buffering, their whatever, buffers, yeah, whatever buffer, they are concerned that then what happens is their minds start filling with anxiety. 
So that might you know be, what I'm saying? I know exactly what they're okay. saying and that's probably accurate. Um, mm-hmm. I think anyone who has started therapy or coaching can relate that like sometimes it gets a little uglier before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when we suppress, when we take those feelings and we push them down, um, it's difficult, right? Like it keeps you in a very like flatline place, which sometimes can feel better than being in a place of probably dealing with some of these other things. Mm-hmm. I think particularly with anxiety, there's obviously a biological and a medical component to that, that I believe needs to be dealt with hand in hand with probably some other kind of coaching or therapy. So as you're dealing with it medically, um, you're able to deal with maybe some of the triggers or some th- Thoughts. I think oftentimes with anxiety, it's your thoughts about your anxiety totally. that bring on the anxiety really mm-hmm. intensely. Um, but it's it's still important to feel those things. And if you have anxiety, it's not like you're just going to to never feel it or to try to pretend you don't have it. You need to deal with it head on. And it's my experience, and I think most people's experience, that when you don't deal with things head on, when you try to bury it, you're really just delaying the inevitable. And the longer you yeah. delay, the worse it gets. Yep. And that's, a, that's the hard part. And this is where we see a lot of disease manifesting and and lots of things like that that happen. Not to mention you're not connecting. You're not mm-hmm. connecting with yourself. You're not connecting with others. Like it's this whole slew of things that feel way less scary to us because in the moment we're afraid to feel. But there's nothing wrong with feeling. And no, feeling also not. Yeah. is not dangerous. It's yep. not dangerous to feel intense sadness or mm-hmm. intense love. Or you never tell someone, well, you can't feel love that intensely, that's just dangerous for you, right? Or you can't feel that intense joy because that's dangerous. Right. Well, the same is with sadness. You know, you can feel intense sadness. You're, it, sadness itself isn't going to kill you, right? And so you can make it through these emotions. Or if you're feeling yourself really stuck in a deep, deep pit of emotions, there's medical help and psychological help you can get. But I promise on the other side of that, you are going to be so much better off than if you had not dug into that tried it uh, okay so i have a thought about that yeah. this is a non-clinical thought okay. this is becky the friend so you the listener becky i'm your friend and if you're saying to me that you're struggling with the idea of silence or stillness or quiet or space because you're concerned about the the anxious feelings that you're gonna have all bubble to the surface because you're worried about this that and the other could mm-hmm. be the state of the world could be your husband's job that's dangerous it could be anything right my thought is, could there be, I, everything you just said, Becky, is so important. I think that's really valuable stuff. Yeah. I wonder if there's this baby step that you can take that, and I'm not talking about the therapy level and the yeah. clinical help. I'm talking, what if you tried and experimented with the idea of, say you're intrigued with the idea of sitting still, like physically sitting still mm-hmm. and letting it just be quiet for five minutes because you never do that and you're scared of the anxious thoughts. What if you sat down, you tried it, but instead of sitting there, letting your mind wander, you go for intentional thinking about gratitude. What if you just try it out? Just try it on. Like Becky said, you can't be hurt by your feelings and they will probably bubble to the surface. But what if you just only focused on things that you're grateful for, people that you're grateful for, experiences that you're grateful for, and it's grateful, grateful, gratitude, gratitude. And that's just where you focus your thoughts and energy. And I'm not saying this is a a fix all. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, can you be curious about maybe how that might look? Because then what you can do is perhaps it will work for you to train your mind and your heart to actually enjoy 
stillness or mm. creating that space without yeah. the fear it's of sort anxiety. of tricking your brain i kind of like that Ooh, that is tricking it your really brain. is tricking your brain to feel safe in a still situation oh, that's a really good which way is to put it. which is awesome mm. that's a great way if you're really finding yourself really feeling afraid of it mm-hmm. a if you're feeling afraid it's probably something you really super duper need yeah and and tricking your brain i think gratitude's a great one or, you know, like counting your blessings kind of thing. So yeah. you can even write it out. Writing can be totally. part of that. Um, totally write it out. And I have a thought about that as well. So speaking yeah. of the struggles that some people feel with this, um, someone mentioned to me that they feel like they struggle with the idea of slowing down because of their fear of not being productive. I actually heard from a few people like that. And because I, I think most of us, we li- the United States is, has a culture of overproductivity. Like yeah. it just is our culture. Yeah. We glorify mm-hmm. overachievement and overproductivity. Mm-hmm. And that is neither good nor bad. But I'd ask you what that overproductivity is actually bringing to your life. Right. And that's a pretty deep question to ask. And so I'm going to bump it back up to a level that's less deep than what <laughs> Becky just said. Yes. You're opening a big old can I know, you guys. That. This is but this my is, favorite. Yes. Right. This is why I'm so glad you mentioned that you coach people. Because if you are... Becky hasn't talked about that much, but... Let's soon open that up for people to understand. I will soon. The yes. part of the reason why is it's amazing. As I was training and going through it, I wanted to start out in a way that felt um, approachable for me. And I already mm-hmm. had a list of people that wanted to be mm-hmm. part of it. And so I hadn't opened it up because I don't want to overwhelm myself Pace and my yourself, schedule. Sister. Like yes. I wanted to get into a flow, yes. but soon, yes. soon enough. We are going to talk more about that in yeah. the very near future. So let me go back where I was leaving off with that struggle to slow down and not feeling productive. I actually was thinking that there might be a good substitution. You you brought up a good point of framing it like you're tricking your brain because that is kind mm. of what it is, right? And I thought, what if you love the rush of feeling productive, right? You love checking the boxes and you love feeling like you're doing this and you're doing that and you're contributing and you matter and you mean something in your whatever. Because it feels freaking awesome. It feels freaking awesome. We all love to feel that we, way. Well, not everybody, but a lot of us do. We understand that feeling. So what if... Instead of feeling like you need to keep going, like go, 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 go for the rest of today or this week or whatever, what if you actually just stopped and you documented about how much you've already done? What if you, what if you just kind of like work backwards in the recent hours or the recent day or the recent week and actually write down everything that you accomplished because sister, I'm telling you, you'd probably be like, dang. And you'd mm-hmm. get that, that dopamine hit. Maybe is that what it is? You'd get yeah, that little really rush of like, reaction. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so much done, but without spinning your wheels into without getting mode. in the loop of the insatiable overproductivity. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, we compare it to dopamine and I even said in an Instagram post, like getting your next hit of validation. And when we talk about substance abuse and all these other things like this in a very unhealthy place is kind of this a different expression of the same principle mm-hmm. of needing that external validation and so I love that because that might be a really good solution and I know to be quite honest this is something I've had to do with myself often yep at least a mm-hmm. few times a year where I'm like why am I not moving forward faster why am I not this or I want to reach this or I want to do this such an interesting and thought pattern. I get yeah. into my over I get into my ambition but I realize the dirty underthought of that is needing validation. Mm-hmm. And and then I look back and I write a list of like all that I have accomplished and all that. So you've actually done this. Oh my gosh. You I've have done literally, this several times. Okay. I knew that you did that like years ago several times. and you wrote I, a list. I did it actually 
in the, in the middle of COVID. Cause I was like, whew, oh. everything's at a standstill. Like all the speaking has stopped, like all the stuff has stopped. And I had to stop and be like, look at what we've been able to accomplish. Look mm. at, you know, even in this podcast, I mm-hmm. think sometimes we downplay like, oh, you know, is this even having an effect? But then you take the number of listeners. If I were to put all of us, you know, together interacting in this episode in one room, that's a large room. It's with a stadium. A lot of, well, it's a stadium <laughs> it is with a, a lot of people. And, yeah. and that feels amazing that mm-hmm. we can create that kind of connection, but we lose sight of that mm-hmm. because you get in that addictive, overproductive dopamine hit kind of place. Yep. And then really you're just looking for your next hit. You kind of are. And so, yeah, it's a thought. I really like that. It's actually really, really effective. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. I've never actually tried it. The reverse documenting Mm. of like, here's what I did. Well, that's not true. When I document in general, it is always past tense. It's always what's already happened or transpired. So I guess in essence I have, it's just never looked necessarily like a a checklist. It's the same thing. Like I shared, I don't know, million episodes ago that when I was really needing validation in like young motherhood, I would literally write lists, but That's I'd write I lists of things of we had, I had already done so I could check it off. Well, and you would leave it out on the counter I would so leave Taylor it could see That's it. That's probably the unhealthy part is I would leave it out so my husband could see and be like, you're amazing. But I would do the same thing and write out like all I had done so yeah. I would remember Yes. My contribution. You were looking for your gold star. Yes. And if you weren't going to get it, by golly, it was going to come in the form of a list. (laughs) By golly. Here's what Jenny said. Um, This is really cool. I had a DM conversation with her and then she followed up. She said, I took your advice today from our DM conversation. The first 10 minutes of my walk, I set a timer. I went podcast silent. Those few minutes of stillness were so enlightening. This week has been hard and long. My PTA duties have taken over my regular routine. It's fundraiser week. You understand back all about that. And um, so my thoughts have been very stressful. Everything at home was slipping through the cracks. Nothing was getting done. How stupid are those thoughts? My kids are clothed, fed, made it to school, and got distance learning done. Everyone got to bed on time. Even the dishwasher ran every night, I realized. I'm running a freaking fundraiser, I thought, but I didn't have any of those little details written down. I was relying on my head to remember everything. My thoughts weren't registering all that was getting done. So today on my walk, I made a good to-do list. Now when I've done something, I can check it off and my brain can, my brain can see that stuff is getting done. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not, thank you, Jenny, for sharing that with me. I'm not suggesting this is what people should do. That's never what we're about here on the podcast, but I love her insight because for her, you can tell she's running a fundraiser. She is busy, right? Kids working all the things. For her, that that was a way to trick her brain and to feel like everything was fine. And I want to attribute that she took the first 10 minutes of her walk to mm-hmm. be silent, to be still in yeah. her head. She was physically moving, but she created and cultivated that space in her mind. Can I just say to every mom out there? Do it. Even to you with the email situation and myself with my daughter who is five minutes late on a Zoom call this morning. <laughs> Guys, it is all going to be okay. Like, oh yeah, but really though, if you have to feed your kids the frozen chicken or if your kids have to eat cereal for a few days because you're busy doing other things, you guys, it's okay. It's okay. It's more than okay. Mm -hmm. And everyone is going to survive. We put so much pressure on ourselves Mm -hmm. to do these things that no human being could possibly do. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It is okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be just fine. Everyone's alive. Yep. It's going to be okay. I have another thought to share on this before we move on. 
Um, speaking of thinking about the feelings that we have around the space, I like to take an occasional nap. It's not every day. It's not even every week, but every once in a while I'll take a nap. I kind of know when to put myself in timeout or I'm tired or whatever. And my recent observation is this, I'm going to call myself out on it. I have recognized that every time I've done that, I have tried to justify it. Not Mm. usually to anyone else. Like sometimes if I'm talking to David later, I'm like, yeah, I ended up taking a nap because dot, dot, dot. I was so exhausted. I only got six hours of sleep last night, or Mm -hmm. I did so much running around, or I make up these stories, not stories, but excuses, or I try to validate it. And if I speak to no one else about it, if no one even knows I took the nap, I always told myself reasons. Well, you're, you're laying down because blah, blah, blah. I'm calling myself out on that. Why do I need a reason at all? Why do I need to justify it at all? You don't. I don't. And so I'm done. I'm never going to do that again. You don't have to earn a nap. No. Oh my gosh. No, no. I love a good nap. So I'm just going to take a nap if I feel like it. Mm -hmm. And that's it in the end. Good for you. Okay, that's all. I just wanted to say I'm that. I'm so glad we covered that. I want to. <laughs> I, I have one nap. last comment I'm going to share from our community. This is from Tracy. And she says, when I have five minutes of quiet, I try to sit in the moment, but all that I hear is the screaming of what you should be doing. Someone is going to see you and think you are lazy. And my mom's famous quote, there's always something to do. She hears her mom in her head. You get that? Like, there's always something to do. Oh my gosh, we could just go on for that go on for a long time about it. So she continues, the noise in my head doesn't stop. So I get up and I get busy. My thought, don't give up too easily. To the sweet Tracy, I want to say that if you are hearing your mom's voice in your head, and I'm sure your mom's wonderful, this isn't about your mom, Mm -hmm. but because you're hearing that on repeat or you're hearing the judgment from someone else, if they see you sit still for a minute, like you have to keep moving, raise your hand guys, if you can relate to this, like How weird would that be if somebody saw me just sitting on the couch for a minute? How about we just don't have to have those thoughts about what anyone else thinks? And how about if you really want a tool in your tool belt, like take the quiet and sit in the car where no one can see you or lock your bathroom door and just sit on the floor if you need to for five or 10 minutes, if you're worried about being judged, because for heaven's sakes, just take the time. I know you have something else to add to that. Maybe. Oh, I have okay, so much to add. Okay. The time is short. I yes. will just say this. Tell me. I didn't tell Becky. I mean, Let's, we have We're talking to Tracy. This. Tracy, I want you to DM me and I'm going to give you the audio course and I want you to take the audio course. Girl, you have got to take this and you've got to get really clear about who you are. Because the number one way to have these things not affect us, to not have the judgment affect us, because guys, guess what? People are going to judge us all the time or they're not. And it doesn't matter. Like you cannot negate any of that. What you can negate is how it affects you. Mm -hmm. You cannot change your mother. You cannot change things in the past. What you can change is right now how you feel about yourself and get so clear on that. Get so laser focused and clear on that, that those things do not have an effect in your life. And that is what you need to do. So DM me, please. Because... Becky We're getting you on the course because, oh. man. Tracy just got herself a seat. 
in the corner. And you're going to love it because just for speaking up about her the, problems. I love that was oh. so, because I think Tracy voices mm. what so many of us feel. And maybe for you, it's not your mom. Maybe it's your mother-in-law or your husband or your kids or even your own voice inside your head. Mm-hmm. You guys, mm. clarity. You need clarity about who you are, about what you're about. And I promise you, you will see these things fall into place. For the newer listener who does not know what we're talking about, the audio course is called Live the Story You Want to Tell, and it is available at classroom.beckyhiggins.com. It is the audio course that Becky and I created together. It is one of it is one of those like culminating works of art and and I kid you not, I'm just gonna say it. If I died tomorrow, I would force Becky to make every one of my children go through this course because mm-hmm. it is exactly what I have learned and what I would want to instill in my children so that they have such a love and understanding of who they are that none of this noise or craziness in the world affects them and having an intentional, purpose-driven, content, peaceful, joyful life. It's so good. And then you combine that with documenting very intentional documenting exercises that it's basically like Becky and I just holding your hands and like walking with you through this process that is so beautiful. It is not rushed. It is self-paced. You do it at your own, your own pace. And it is so clarifying. And the feedback that we're getting from our students is remarkable. So there you go, Tracy. Wow. Lucky girl. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is the last thing we're going to talk about in this little two-part series, this two-part podcast. We're going to consider what cultivating space means for you right now. This is where it is. This is it, guys. This is personal. That's the key. I could end right here. I could hit stop. We're done recording. We're done with the episode because at the end of the day, that's what it is. And so when it is personal for you, that means it's not about what Becky and I are saying. It's not about your neighbor's opinion. It's not about your coworker's advice. It's not about what your husband or your, your, yeah, your spouse, your best friend, or that person on Instagram wants to kind of impart on you. It is you. This is personal. Also keep in mind that there are times and seasons. I am all for seasons of yes. Beck, what was the season of yes that you had? Oh, a whole year of yes. So fun. Mm -hmm. So necessary, so fun. And so right for that time. And then it was over and it was very right for it to be over. Correct. Right. And so just remember that there are times and seasons. And so if you are feeling like we talked about yesterday, we know that we're not alone in this feeling, this pull, this gravitational like pull to just slow down, step mm-hmm. back a little bit, cultivate the space. If you're not feeling that right now and you are like all go-getter, like you are all in to just forge ahead and speed up in your life, then this isn't your season right now. But, but if the questions are just as true. That's a good point. And you can't go into this considering and questioning, thinking you know the outcome. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is I think sometimes we question being afraid of what we, being afraid of what the truth might be. And let's not be afraid of the truth because let's remember that the truth is good and the truth is eternal and the truth will set you free. Oh girl. So don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid of the truth. That's, that's true. Okay. That I'm going gonna to break it down and just give some kind of small examples because while we're not going to tell you what to do, we can offer you some thoughts that are from our community that are from us that give you something to think about. So one thing is to be open to day-to-day changes. So Mm -hmm. today might be a day that you need the space. You need to just stop back 
or sorry, stop, slow down, back up. Like yeah. you need to do one of, you need to somehow cultivate space or maybe that's tomorrow. Maybe today you need to forge ahead, check boxes, take care of things, get crap done. Like I just want mm-hmm. you to be open. And what we're suggesting with cultivating space isn't like we think that this needs to be the whole theme of your whole life from now on. You and don't forever. need to make a perfect plan in a perfect no. place at a perfect time. You don't need to have the you don't exactly. have to have a plan at all. Exactly. Well, I, that oftentimes will hold you up. Right. And I love the phrase, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I love that for me personally, because I'm like, oh yeah, if I don't plan that I'm doing a weekly 5k, I'm not going to get it done. Right. So ding, that's applicable. Mm-hmm. But in this case, we don't have to have a plan necessarily. Like let, let things happen if they're going to just happen. But this is what I mean by being open on the day-to-day changes Jess says, I used to work at a little farming education center in some of the prettiest country in New Mexico. Between groups of kids, I'd usually blast some tunes while I did chores around the barn. But can you picture it? That would be heavenly. I can totally picture you doing that, Beck. But every so often, she says, I'd leave the tunes off and just think and pray as I worked. I had some of the most transformative and testimony building experiences of my life in those quiet spaces at the barn. So to Jess, I say, good for the quiet moments. Look at what it did for you. And Mm -hmm. good for the dancing, the music, the turning it up and having fun. That's my point is that every day does not have to look the same. I can't tell you how many experiences I had hiking where the noise was up. The music was jamming. My energy was up. And that's what you needed that day. That's what I needed that day. And then the next day might have been like the zero noise, zero input, like the example I gave earlier. And then inspiration just flooded. And guess what? If the inspiration doesn't flood, that doesn't mean that there's nothing there. It just means that you needed the space. And it's almost like it's a step in the right direction for who knows what's going to happen the next time. So maybe the question to ask yourself before going into your default mode is what do I need today? Today. Mm -hmm. The next thing to consider is, and I know you love this phrase, Becky, small attainable goals. That's going to be the key because we can't just change everything all at once. Like pick any area of life, right? Yep. Um, Stephanie in our community says that she keeps thinking of the phrase, small rudders steer large ships. She said, I've been so amazed at how making very, very small changes. Like for example, no TV most of the time. Um, or no TV instead of all of the time, or getting up early, 30, 30 minutes earlier to exercise or do personal study or reading has impacted my life and my family's life for the better. These are small things. It can be even smaller than that. It could be a five-minute thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think she is totally right. Small rudders steer large ships. Tirza says something that um, is really interesting because I think a lot of us have either have either tried this or we know we probably should. And that is decluttering your social media. I could preach about that all day long. It's something that we need to do on a regular basis. Tears just said, I spent some time earlier today unfollowing a bunch of Instagram accounts that are fine. In fact, they're probably good. But she says, it's just all too much. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Sometimes you can have that feeling come in where you're like, oh, it's too much. Watching the news can be too much. Maybe I only need a 10-minute update, or maybe I need no news. Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, maybe it's just all too much. Lean into that, allow yourself to feel it, and go with that. I'm a big fan of quiet car rides, and Joe is too. Joe says, when I'm in the car by myself, I don't listen to music or podcasts. It is quiet. It's time for me to talk, 
or pray or think about life, she gets it. And again, that works for Joe. It doesn't have to work for you, mm-hmm. but that's not up to us to decide, yep. right? That's up to you guys as you're listening to these examples. And again, quiet can also mean listening. Like for me, I'll tell you right now, quiet, absolute quiet happens when I'm praying, when I'm speaking out loud. But when I'm in the car having quiet time, there will always be instrumental music because that is mm-hmm. what my brain needs mm-hmm. to relax into thought. And I love Legends that you know of the that. Fall. Off, mm. the, off to war yep. is the instrumental song. I dare you. I just dare you. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good. I, I'm familiar with the music. Yes. And I have certain soundtracks too that do yeah. the same thing for me. And it's instrumental music. Mm-hmm. and But it doesn't have to look like that. Right? Does, so Becky has discovered yes, that for mm-hmm. herself a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And you know what it does for you. And in fact, that is literally the soundtrack you would listen to when you went to go into intense writing of the audio course. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was like in the woods with... Um, my laptop and no, no sound at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we found our, our groove and our space Your flow. on a yeah. very personal level of like what works for us. Right. Okay. This next example, I love so much reminiscing. Mm. This is what Kim says. The quiet time I spend in, in my craft room sometimes helps to rejuvenate me looking at pictures reminiscing and putting a layout plan into motion or simply journaling for 30 minutes is what brings me clarity at times. Most of my inspiration comes from there because that is where my thoughts wander, right? So we might have wandering thoughts in the shower and that's what brings inspirational thoughts. For Kim, it's triggered by memories and experiences and photographs. And you know what that means to me. Like, Oh, so reminiscing can be a tool for stillness. I think this also highlights a bigger point, which is when you, so ask yourself, um, what is a time or place where you recognize in the past where you have felt your mind kind of come alive? Yes. And what happens is, is whatever you were doing at that time, you could do that again. Mm. But like once you start to make it a habit, it's almost like making an appointment with yourself to let your brain be free. So like hiking for me, 10 steps in, I'm there because my brain knows we're going hiking. Like it's on. It's like, on. Oh, I'm ready that, and I'm available. So good. And so whatever it is, like, I think that's why the reminiscing is so great. She walks in her craft room and her brain is like, ah, I'm safe. It's time. Well, she cultivates that space with mm-hmm. intention. So this totally. isn't, this is an example of not accidental space, but it is, it's like you said, it's like an appointment that you make with yourself because you've already learned that that is what triggers yes. the space. And so the trick is to figure it out for yourself. And if you don't already know as an adult, because most of you listening are for sure adults, if you don't already know, don't feel bad. Oh no. Just take a minute and think about that this year. Let that be the thing that you ponder. Try new things. Mm -hmm. Listen to the nudges of like, oh, yoga sounds okay. Well, maybe I should try that. And maybe it's not for you. And maybe you try the shower like works for me. And maybe that's not for oh, you. Showering is always a good well, idea. I mean, still shower. <laughs> but, you know, whatever that is, don't be afraid to try new things or listen to the nudges until you feel a space where you yes. can totally relax into yourself. Oh, so good. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I love the way you articulated it. Another thing that's totally worth bringing up is Robin was telling me how she has put boundaries in place that cultivate consistent space. So it really Mm. goes along with what we're saying. This is what her words are. We've had conversations in our family about cultivating space. We made the family rule. So it's kind of fun, right? Like they just made it a rule that we don't listen to anything, music, audiobooks, et cetera, when we take showers. This gives us each at least 15 minutes of quiet time during the day. You know what I love about what Robin said? 
Never once in my entire life have I listened to something in the shower. I didn't even know that that was a thing that people did. And I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong. I just didn't even, it never crossed my mind Mm -hmm. to listen to anything during the shower because that's just my rhythm. That's my routine is this quiet time. And I love that she brought it up because that reminds me again and again and again, how individual we all are and how cool is that, that Robin and her family did recognize this default and they chose to intentionally change it. It's mm-hmm. so cool. And I can't wait to hear what happens with her family on that. Yeah. Um, okay. So one day a week, Jess is reminding us, this is a different Jess, um, is a good idea to set one day a week aside to be different. That kind of can be your reset. I know a lot of people do this already. I mm-hmm. have been practicing this for years. I used to not be very good about um, my Sunday habits and I would just kind of like make it another day and I would slip some work in or whatever. And I realized several years ago that I needed the space. I needed the space and I wanted it to be on Sunday. And for a lot of reasons that we don't need to go into, but for me, that meant something. And for Jess, she said, I created space on Sunday instead of doing all the shoulds, I took time to rest and be still. It was amazing how much inspiration and clarity came, even though that wasn't even my intention. So cool. Okay, a couple more things to touch on here. So I want to remind you guys that cultivating space in your mind is something that can totally happen when your body is on the move. So, I mean, it's like what we're talking about with hiking. So just remember that even when you're moving, that doesn't mean that you have to be actively listening to something of the audio sense. So you can quiet your mind while you're doing your housework, while you're driving, while you're moving. In fact, depending on your biology, like there is some studies to support that you may need to move your body first before your brain is able to be quiet. Totally. I know that is definitely the case for me. For sure. Um, Sandra brings up journaling. We touched on it earlier, but I love what she said. I definitely feel more connected to creativity and inspiration when I have space in my life. When I have the regular quiet time in the mornings for journaling, I find I have more creativity Mm. and I find that to be true as well. I I love to do it at night, um, but some people start their day with journaling and it creates that space. Um, you guys, there are so many examples we could give. In fact, Becky, I was actually thinking that over the last couple of years of podcasting, we have several episodes that connect so beautifully to the topic Mm. of cultivating space. So what I'm going to do on Instagram this week, when these go live is I'm going to do a post and I'm going to list those episodes. And so check that out as a resource, you guys, because there are several other really good episodes to tap into if you're really interested in Mm -hmm. feeling and learning and hearing more about this. Um, Okay. This is the last example that I want to give. And this is something that is so uncharacteristic of me. I love my notebook. Mm -hmm. I love my to-dos. I love my lists. And this last week, I did something that I have very rarely done. Maybe once or twice in my whole life have I done this, where I literally went through the list with the intention of cultivating space in my life. And I went through and I crossed off everything that was not essential. Because I'm a responsible human. I'm running a business. There are things that do need to actually happen for certain reasons. Yeah. But everything else, which was the majority of the list, did not absolutely have to happen that week. And I took it. I crossed it off the list. I rewrote it on a page way further in the notebook and I even titled it. I can show it to you back. I even titled it, this can wait. That is a very tangible works for me kind of thing that Mm, I needed to do. It is how I cultivated space last week and it was liberating, beautiful. Cause guess where those to do's come from? Myself. 
I made them up. <laughs> I love that though. Taking Why the to-do list that? to a this can wait list. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm well, going to do that today. You should do that. I Try it sometime. Okay. This is how I want to round out this episode. And I want to just, this is not a conversation. I just want to list off a few questions for you guys to consider. I want you to ask yourself the what ifs, and I want you to answer them. What if I take notice of my default habits this week and just get curious about what I'm doing and why I do it? What if I decide not to pack my schedule full of activities and tasks that are not essential? What if I explored what that might feel like to have a schedule that isn't so crammed? What if I scaled back on some of the actual audible noise that often fills my day? What if I set aside a time or two each day to get on social media with intention instead of mindlessly refreshing the app 27 times? What if I believe that God actually knows me personally and has something to share with me if I would but just give him the space that he needs to do so? These are questions, the list could go so long, that we invite you to consider. Over the past two episodes, we've given you so many things to just consider. And that's really what this is. Can I add one question to the end? Please do. I just want you all to consider, what if my worth does not lie in anything outside of myself? Sit with that. I love it. I love all of this conversation so much. We love you. We are so grateful to you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us week after week in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life and this week, cultivating space in your life. Nothing that we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you so much. We are cheering you on. And we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Cultivate a Good Life, episode 113. Cultivating, does that sound like a question? Is it? 113. It It is. 113? 113. (laughs) It's all good.